0: Hello and welcome to the commentary for lesson 359. This is Isaiah 8. So this is an exciting one. I did a little digging in this one. Um something piqued my curiosity and that always whenever you find a detail that interests you and you do a little digging, it I'm I'm never disappointed um with the results of a little digging. So, anyways, um big picture, this this chapter is Like most Old Testament prophecy, it's God speaking through the prophet, in this case Isaiah, in order to warn his people. And this particular prophecy is about the fall of Israel and Aram. Now, Aram fell to Assyria in 732 B.C., and then Israel follows about 10 years behind in 722 B.C. to Assyria. Um, And then if you look at verses 5 through 8, Scripture speaks of a flood. I'm going to read that to you. It says, Then the Lord spoke to me again and said, My care for the people of Judah is like the gently flowing waters of Shiloah. But they have rejected it. They are rejoicing over what will happen to King Reason and King Pekah. Therefore the Lord will overwhelm them with a mighty flood from the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, and all his glory. This flood will overflow all its channels and sweep into Judah until it is chin deep. It will spread its wings, submerging your land from one end to the other, O Emmanuel." So it's important to note that this isn't an actual flood. This is just a poetic way for the writer to describe the flood of the Syrian army that will overtake the land of Judah. And why is this happening? Why is God punishing the people? Um, I'm going to read what my study Bible says about that. It says, because the people of Judah rejected God's kindness, choosing instead to seek help from other nations, God would punish them. We see two distinct attributes of God here, his love and his wrath. To ignore his love and guidance results in sin and invites his wrath. We must recognize the consequences of our choices. God wants to protect us from bad choices, but he still gives us the freedom to make them. So that's a very good point. I like that. Um, And like I said, the bulk of this chapter is about that prophecy, which of course will come to pass. But that's not what stood out to me most in this passage. The part that really spoke to me was when God, towards the beginning, when God names Isaiah's son. The Lord speaks to Isaiah, tells him to make a large signboard, and write the name Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Um, Now, in this translation, the New Living Translation, it uses the word signboard. But the King James Version gives a better description. And I like to visualize what this actually is and what it looked like. So here's the King James Version. It says, Moreover, the Lord said unto me, Take thee a great roll. Okay, that would be a scroll, right? And write in it with a man's pen concerning Maher Shalal Hashbaz. So what we learn about the King James Version, which is the earlier version, the most accurate one in English that we can that we know of, and so that is clearly about a scroll, and it was written in pen, and it doesn't say that just the name was written. It says, "Write with a man's pen concerning Mahar Shalal Hashbaz." Okay, so that doesn't really make a big difference as far as this passage. But it is important if you're someone who's, say, an archaeologist and you're looking at signboard and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what would he have used to make a signboard? Maybe he used a big rock and he would have etched that out in stone and they go looking for this big rock. Well, it's important. The details are important um, when you're trying to get historical accuracy. And so when we go to the King James Version, we see that it was actually a scroll Um, And it was written in pen. That's just an important detail. I love the details. So anyways, Isaiah does obviously make the huge scroll with the name on it. And it's so important that he asks two honest men um, to witness the occasion. So these men would have had a good reputation in Israel. So their testimony would be believed. So it was that important. Um, then Isaiah gets his wife pregnant and they have a son and God tells Isaiah to name the baby Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Say that three times fast. I mean, isn't that terrible? So can you imagine being the mom of that kid and trying to call him in off the field to dinner? I mean, that kid would have a nickname for sure. I don't know what it was, but I'm sure he had one. Um, But anyway, so that that name means something. Whenever God names someone, it means something. There are times in the Bible where he renames adults, and we remember that. But there are several times, and this is what piqued my interest, that he names babies before they're born. Now, there's an implication here that has to do with abortion. How could that be overlooked, right? If God says before... Isaiah's wife is even pregnant. Record this name. Make it a record. Get witnesses. This is a big deal. And then he tells them to name their baby that name. That means God had a plan for that child. God knew that child. He had a name for that child. He had a purpose for that child. In his daily walk but also for the people of Israel and the impact that that child would have or the prophecy he would fulfill within the Israelite people. Okay, so let's wrap our brains around that. So if God can determine someone's life and their purpose before they're even conceived, then that should answer the question, when does life begin? Right There's all these debates when it comes to pro-choice versus pro-life and birth control and all of that. Now, I, I don't prescribe the idea that we should not use birth control. I did. <laughs> I think it's responsible to do so. Um, when it comes to legitimizing abortion, I just don't see how anybody could do that. Clearly, God has a plan for our lives, not just... At a certain point within the pregnancy, but from before conception, that's huge. Anyways, like I said, this name means something, right? And every time God names a child or renames an adult, like I said, the name means something. And it usually or always has something to do. I'm not sure if it's always, so I don't want to say always, but usually does have something to do with things coming up for the Israelites, So in a way, the names themselves are prophetic. Okay, so I got curious about the concept of God naming these babies. And I wondered, okay, I know, obviously, he did that with Jesus. He told Mary to name him Jesus. And um, I know that he named John the Baptist. And I thought, you know... I'm pretty sure he did that in the Old Testament too earlier. And I I just got curious and I like to find patterns and I like to find um, hidden symbolism. So I thought, I wonder how many babies God named. And so I I know this is a bit of a rabbit hole, but this one was important enough to follow. So I found a website um, called scriptureoutlines.blogspot.com. And there was an outline in there about this topic titled Seven Persons Divinely Named Before Birth. There are seven. So that is ironic, isn't it? Um, actually, eight, including Jesus. So the first one, I'm going to go down the list, and I'll give you the scriptural reference to just in case you want to look it up. So the first one is Ishmael. That passage is Genesis 16, 11. Ishmael's name is essentially resources of the flesh. The second child baby, or the second baby that God names is Isaac. That passage is Genesis 17, verse 19. His name is resurrection life. Okay, Isaac and Ishmael are two pivotal characters in the Old Testament. And from those two, that's sort of where God's people separate the Ishmael becomes the Arab nations, which are predominantly Muslim. Isaac becomes the Hebrew nation, which is predominantly Jewish. The third baby that God names is Solomon. That passage is 1 Chronicles 22, verse 9. His name means rest. Then God names number four, Josiah. In that passage is 1 Kings 13, verse 2. His name means revival. Number five, this passage in Isaiah 8 talks about God naming Maharshalal Hashbaz. That meaning of that name is retri- retribution. My study Bible says that it means swift to plunder and quick to spoil. So I think essentially that all these names, the meanings of the names, um, the writer of this outline, that I'm going through probably tried to make every meaning, try to simplify it so that it all starts with R just to get big picture. So, so far we have one through five. It's resources of the flesh, resurrection, life, rest, revival, retribution. Okay. That's the prophecy of what's going to happen. The punishment that God is going to put on his people. Number six is Cyrus, Isaiah 44 Verse 28, the meaning of the word or the name Cyrus is restoration. And then the seventh is John the Baptist. That's in Luke 1, verse 13. And the meaning of the name John is repentance. Okay? Resources of the flesh, resurrection, life, rest, revival, retribution, restoration, repentance. So, isn't it fascinating? that all of these babies, first of all, there's seven, which is a number that symbolizes completeness, renewal, perfection. And each person, I I would be interested, I'm not going to do it, but I would be interested to find out how many years were each, were in between each baby that God names. Um, That just would be interesting to me. But each of these names essentially is prophetic in itself for a stage or new phase that the Israelites will go through. So if you think about it, the first seven that God names are sinners, seven sinners, the renewal, the perfection comes from Jesus. Who is the next baby number eight that Jesus that God himself names and of course we know that God sent the angel Gabriel to tell Mary um, that she would become pregnant and to name the baby Jesus and then later an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and tells him basically, hey don't leave her she's not she has not been unfaithful to you she really is pregnant by the Holy Spirit and you will name him you will name the baby Jesus so. If you want to look that up, when God tells Mary, that's in Luke 1, starts in verse 26. And when he tells Joseph, that is in Matthew. And I don't have the passage here. Sorry, I thought I wrote that down. Um, Anyway, so that's interesting, right? Seven babies that God named prior to their birth. Jesus marks the 8th. Seven is the number that symbolizes a a restart, new beginning, completeness, perfection. And after seven sinners, in comes Jesus. He is the new beginning. He is perfection. And I just love that. Um, Those little details just um, amaze me. And, And when people make the complaint about, oh, well, they use these excuses of why not to read the Bible or why they don't take it seriously, it's because... Um, different translations. And you saw how I went back to King James Version to get more details. There's always... The fact that things can get lost in translation is not an excuse. I'm sorry, it's just not. It just means maybe you got to do a little extra digging on things that you get curious about or you want clarification on. No big deal, right? But these little details, I love how in order to get them, you have to find them. It doesn't just give it to you in the scripture you have to catch it and you ha- you have to be someone who studies the word and says wait a minute i just read that god named a baby he's done that before is there something to this key in on it do a little digging and with the internet my gosh it's so easy to do that now um you got to be careful what where your sources come from but wow the things that you can find out and so quickly um intellectually we are on a path that is just so quick in our accumulation of knowledge and being able to piece it together. And I think that um, that will in our lifetime play out in an extraordinary way as we bring um, different historical records and um, different archaeological finds and scripture. I believe it all interconnects and has perfect union. Um, But it's just too much, it's been for so long, too much for any one person to understand and study, and we were limited. Well, now you can take these sources from all these different places and bring them together, and um, it's just oh, I, I just get so excited, anyways. Um, so I love today's lesson, I hope that that was exciting to you too, and that's really it for today. Um, the takeaway I think is just obviously that this is prophecy it is fulfilled it is the punishment that god has for them but the name thing the baby name thing um is so cool so hope you enjoy that hope you all have a great day i will talk to you soon